Rabbi Sai, good morning, a good Arab Shabbos, Arab Shabbos Kaidish. Here in Eretz Yisrael, Parshas Baloischa, for you and Chutzlar, it's Parshas Nasai. And we're holding the week after Shavuos, the week up Shavuos, we're still Shavuos Shachalbai. And I wanted to share with you some thoughts on the Parshas, mainly on Baloischa, but we always try to connect it as best as we can to keep up with our. Friends in Talmidim and Chutzlaritz. And in order to get chizuk for what we need for the week <coughs> and for the current events as well, as we always try to do, I'd also like to preface by saying that we hope that the words that we're saying should be for the schus of two people that we are being davening for amongst the many that need the uh, refuas. One is the Rav the great Gain and Pesach Ador of Moshe Sternbach, Shlita, Armar da Asra, who went through a, a heart pacemaker that was put into him this week. And uh, it was a, a successful operation, but the family is asking that we should continue to daven for Moshe Medvar, they should have a before Shleimah and should be able to be home, be able to continue his great Avedis HaKadosh for Gans Klal Yisrael. And also for our granddaughter, Michali, Michal, Rachel, Bas, Sora Elka, a young 10-year-old girl who had to have a fairly serious operation on her stomach. Baruch Hashem, seems the operation was successful. My wife and I spent time in the hospital with her the first day after the operation, and she does have pain, and she is remaining in the hospital for Shabbos. We hope we pray that Shabbos Himalizik She should be healthy and she should have a long life, Bezus Hashem Yisbarach. And for all of those that need Rufuas and Yeshuas, it should be a schus for them and for us as well. So we want to say that the, you know, we, the, 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 I would say the experience that we all experience, hopefully all of us, as many as we could, be able to stay up and to learn on Shavuos night is still within our hearts and our minds, and really a great, great schus. And I myself want to be Meshabach, the Rabbanu Shalom, that he gave me the schus, to be able to be in the yeshiva together with my son, Rav Dovber, and the whole night with the Talmidim, and be able to learn at night, and to learn not only with the Talmidim, but also with grandchildren, really chilek, uh, which is beyond the scope. And we really want to thank the Rabbanu Shalom. And as many of you remember from your own time in yeshivas, and I'm sure that many of you continue that as best as you can, uh, and you should continue as best as you can, together with your children. Be able to learn at night. Today there's many, many shiurim that go on, and uh, as we also had in the yeshiva. And then we ended off with singing and dancing, and uh, reminding ourselves that everything has come from the Holy Torah, that the Rabbanu Shem gave us, the great Matana of Kabbalah Satayra, with Avon Vasikin, which was beautiful. We sang and we danced, and then everyone went and got their delicious piece of cheesecake or whatever else that they got before they went to sleep for a couple hours. The, um, the reflection we want to have is, is that, well, what's the takeaway from Shavuos, from Shavuos night? Is it just a one-time event that we had a, a very nice learning for an entire night? Or do we really take a, a Kabbalah upon ourselves something that we could, that can remain with us uh, for the entire year. And um, I said over that this year, we know that right before Shavuos, a great, great Yid was taken away, 
His name was Rabbi Zohar, who was one of the first people to become a Palchuva in Israel. He was a completely, completely secular Jew in his upbringing here in Israel, and he was famous. He was called the Johnny Carson of Israel. He had television programs. He had, he made movies, and uh, these weren't things that he was actually proud of later on in life. But at a certain point, he had a meeting with a great, great Yid, who I was over to know as well, Reb Shleimah Zilberman, the father of the famous Zilbermans here in Yerushalayim. And that particular meeting really changed his life as this Reb Zilberman was able to show him proofs that God exists and it's not just a myth. And from that time and onwards, he began a process. And in a very short time, he really took upon himself to become a full-fledged Shemir Torah Mitzvah. And then he took upon himself all of the trappings of becoming a Haredi Jew. He lived in Matasdorf. He sat and learned. He was Makar of many, many people to Yiddishkeit. He was a tremendous, tremendous, had a tremendous ability to to be able to speak and to be able to to be a um, a communicator and an interpreter for the Torah values within society. And what he really taught us, and I think that's the message that all of us should try to take upon himself, is that to follow the truth, to follow the emes, and not to not to to to, to lose sight of the fact that the Torah is emes, the Rebbeinu is emes, and if a person understands that, then everything else pales in comparison. He once said that if t- today, after he became a Balchuva, that if someone would ask him, I, I'm willing to give you a half a billion dollars, $500 million, in order you should just not say one tefillah. He said, not not even a mincha. If you just tell me not to say myrav, he says, according to the Shita, that myrav is rishus. He says, it wouldn't be even a an issue. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'm going to give up a myrav for $500 million? First of all, what am I going to do with $500 million? I'm going to have another car, another yacht, another another stake, it really doesn't have any value. It doesn't last. It's not something which is going to be for, for Netzach Netzachim. But a Tfilas Mairev, a connection with the Eidrish, a connection with the Rebunjalim, that's something which is going to remain for, with me for, the, for eternity, my relationship with the Rebunjalim. And this was the, the, the carrion cry call of Reburi. And he's really calling out to us. And I think it's a message that before Shavuos and after Shavuos, we should accept upon ourselves as best as we can to really uh, accept upon ourselves the truth of the Torah and to whatever ability that we can to strive for that truth and to be most nefesh for that truth. They say over there, Reb Chaim Kreisworth, the great Gain and Sadik, who was the Rav of Antwerp and was a Gain Adir, he once met Reb Uri Zohar and he was just couldn't get over and he asked him, how did you become a Valchuva? How did you throw away everything? You had, you had everything in front of your hands. You had the whole, the whole world of Tel Aviv secular secularism. You had money. You had fame. You had fortune. You had all the tithes. Why'd you give it up? He said, "Because I met Rib Zilberman." So he said, "You met Rib Zilberman. Maybe I should also meet Rib Zilberman." He asked him to make an appointment with Rib Zilberman. He came to Rib Shlomo Zilberman. He said to him, <laughs> "He was a lot older than Rib Zilberman. He was older than Rib Zilberman. Rib Zilberman was a great Talmud Chacham, but Rib Kreisberth was a going out there." And he said to him. Maybe you can also get me to do tshuva. I also have to do tshuva. So Rav Zilberman said, he said, Antwerpen Rav, he says, you, I cannot help. So he says, why can't I help you? Why can't you help me? He says, he says to make a bal tshuva from Rav Zor, that was a cinch. That was simple. 
Because all I had to do is to show him that he was living in the Olam HaSheker and to reveal to him what the true Emes is. Once he saw what the Emes is, he quickly ran away from all of the the lies of the Sheker, of the, the fake world, the plastic world, the Hollywood world, which really does not have any lasting value. But you, Antwerp and Rav, you're such a great Tamachacham, you're very, very close to the Emes. Close your eyes to the Emes, so a person has, that's what happens, the Hergel Nasilu Keteva, and a person thinks, okay, this is the Emes, and this is what I have, and I'm going to strive to the best of my ability. But to get to the final ends of the Emes Lamitai, that's when a person really has to become completely, completely dedicated to the task. That's a lot harder task. And he said, I'm, I'm not, I don't have that ability to be able to teach that <coughs> to others. I myself am working on it myself. And Rabbi said, I think this is really the, the, the task that's ahead of us. For sure, we all like to believe that we have uh, elements of emes in our life, but to have the true emes and to recognize that we have, really have to be makabal all malchus shemayim completely, that's something which is we, we need to strive and we have to work. And that's an avayda, that's a life's work, not an easy work. And I said, over this week in the Shmuz and the Yeshiva, Nassau brought down from the Tanya, that the Tanya asks that we know that we say what's called Birchus Kriyashma, before Kriyashma in the morning. We say the Brach of Yotzam Oiris, and we say the Brach of Avarabah. And the Tanya, and I'm going to really uh, give a, an abridged version of the Tanya, it's worthwhile to see that I, I think it's in Perik Memtes in the Tanya. Tanya says, why is, uh, why is this the preface the preamble before uh, Kriyashma, the Brach of Yotzim Iris is dealing with the, the Srofim, the Fanim of Ha'isa Kodesh, and the fact that the Rabbanu Shalom is so great, and then we have the concept of Avarab. Why is that the, the introduction to the concept of the Kabbal Zolmal Cheshemayim? And he asks a second question. The second question is that we say in the Avarab that the Rabbanu Shalom has Chemla Gedoyla Viseira Chamalto Aleinu. He has a tremendous love for us, a tremendous and he has an extra love for us. What's the difference between Chemel Gedoyla and the fact that the Chemel Gedoyla Viseira? So, in a shortened version, what he says is, is that the Rabbi Shalom, who is the, really beyond the scope of our understanding, he lives in the Shmei Shemayim, the Shivas Rikiyim, and who are the only ones that really can get close to him? It's only the Ifanim, the Chayas HaKodesh, the Shrafim, the Ramimau, the, the myriads and myriads of thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of angels, that every day they're exclaiming, Baruch Shem, they're saying, um, Baruch Kvayt Hashem, they're exclaiming the, the, the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Baruch They're the ones that explain this, they're the ones that, ex, that, that, that ex, expound this, and that's something which shows the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch and that's the first bracha. The first bracha is to recognize how great the Kodesh Baruch is. But then the second bracha comes around. And the second bracha says, As great as the Malachim are, Ava Rabba Aftanu HaKadosh Baruch has such a love for us. Chemla Gedoyla Viseyra Chamalto Aleinu. HaKadosh Baruch was Bach. HaKadosh Baruch chose us. HaKadosh Baruch came down from the Shemei Shemayim. He went to Har Sinai. He gave us the Torah. And he had a Chemla Gedoyla Viseyra Amongst all of the angels, the Rebbe says, we are still the chosen people. The Rebbe looks at us and he loves us. And if a person recognizes that there's such love that HaKadosh Baruch has for us, that he gave us to Torah, and automatically, upon him, upon him, we in turn have to return that love to HaKadosh Baruch 
How do we do that? We do that by saying Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad by 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 calling out that we accept upon ourselves the oneness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and we are Vahafta Hashem Elokeinu. We in return will return the love. How do we return the love through? The Torah, the limit of the Torah, the keeping of the mitzvahs, and we do it under all circumstances. And I think this is like a, you know, a very, very simple thing, but Raburi brought it to the fore. And this is something we have to take upon ourselves after Kabbalah Satur, to try our utmost to mechazik ourselves as best as we can to get closer and closer to the Midas Emes through the limit of Torah, through the Kim of mitzvahs, to the best possible, possible oven. The parish of parish of Allah is so filled with so many chock full of, of goodness. I'm going to try to zero in on just one little thing, but I just want to give a little, little overview before we speak about this great vart, and then we'll end it off with one or two great stories. The, the, the parish is filled with Balaishas, the lighting of the candles, which was written, which was lit by Aaron Akayan. And then it goes on to describe other things, the Nasius of the of the of the Levium, the the Pesach Sheni. The taking of the of the Mishkan into the desert, the Vayhibin Sayyaran, and then the second part, which is the Asapsuf, the Mis'ainim, the complainers. We've spoken about this in every previous years. The two parts of Bamidbar really are emphasized in this week's parsha. It's almost as if there's Maimit Har Sinai, Mishkan, Midbar, and then we begin, unfortunately, the complaining, the 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 nasty side of Kla Yisrael. But there's one part, which I think is the message which we want to try to bring. As always, Bivaldi Gavart, the, Gevort, uh, the beginning of the parish, it says, by the Balaishas and the Eres, we're all familiar with it. Uh, the Torah tells us, Vayas Kainaran, that after Kodesh Borchel tells Moshe Rabbeinu to lift up the Neiris, it says, Vayas Kainaran, Amupneim. Aaron did this, and Rashi points out, Lahagit Shvachi, Shal Aaron, Shaloshina. What did he do? Oh, Aaron was so great. He didn't change one iota of the commandment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had commanded him to do in the lighting of the menorah. And everyone raises the question, what kind of chiddush is that? Aaron HaKadosh was commanded by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They had to do this, so therefore he did it. What's so special about Vayas Kain Aaron <coughs> that he fulfilled and he didn't change? He didn't change this. So the truth is we want to tie this in with another aspect of Baloischa. Baloischa, as Rashi points out, why do we use the Baloischa? Why does it say Bahadlokoscha when you light the Neiris? So Rashi says it's coming to teach us that you have to light the Nair until the Shalhevis, until the flame is burning on its own. It has to be able to go up, has to remain on its own. This we find this mitzvah in the mitzvah of Hanukkah. Even though Hadlokha is a mitzvah, you have to make sure that's lit to the ability that's going to be able to, to remain. And the same thing with the menorah, you have to light it. It's going to have the ability to remain. And my Rebbe Rav Moshe Feinstein and many other Mepharshim point out that this is really, this is really a lesson for, uh, this is really a lesson for the, um, the mitzvah of Chinuch. The mitzvah of Chinuch is that you have to bring up your children and your Talmidim to the point that they should be able to be independent. Just go off on a tangent for a second. I just listened to the Spadim on a great, great person from Baltimore, who was a great mechanic in third grade for many, many years, in TA in Baltimore, and a great Rav, the son of wonderful, wonderful Yidin that were 
from the great, great Mishpach in Baltimore, we were personal friends from the time of our childhood. He had many, many Talmudim from third grade. He was able to bring them up to the degree that they became great Talmudim Chachamim. We all want that our children should be independent. We want that they should become great Jews. We have to know that this is embedded within the parasha when it says, The neighbors represent the Yiddish kinder, and we have to influence, influence them. And how do we do that? We do that by ourselves becoming flames which will be able to be role models for our children. If we just tell our children in a dry way, you have to do the ways of the Torah, but you yourself are not independently alive and you're not like basically smoking mamas like an ace, then the children are able to see, they see that's not, not really that important to you. But if by us the Torah is important, if there's some aspect of Torah, and I've seen it by many, many people, sometimes it's just like a, a small thing that a parent did, but that made a tremendous impression upon this child, because that showed the child that this is really a truth that the parent wants to keep and remains by the parents. There's certain things that are just very, very important when it's done with the Shalhevis. And there's a, the muscle that they bring is, you sing a nigun, there's a very famous, wonderful naguna that people have. Certain naguna people relate to more. So if the father really has a relationship with the nigun, he sings it with his slavas. Like when we remember when we were in the yeshiva, a certain naguna which we remember, some people remember the days when it was, whatever naguna it was, famous naguna that we had in, when we were in the yeshiva. But there's always a, a point of the nigun where you somehow you, you make your own like knech in the nigun. With the nigun, it really becomes part and parcel of yourself. When it's a bren, when it's a fire, so, so the, 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 there's a problem with that. There's sometimes the problem is that you like you went beyond the, the regular course of the nigun, but that's the beauty of what you're doing. And at the same time, there's always a danger that you might somehow uh, bend the rules, so to speak. There's what's called Masaira tradition, and then there's what's called the personal input, the independent Avaida, which really comes about in every single generation. And over here, this was the Chiddush of Aaron. The Chiddush of Aaron was is that he made a knech, he made a bahalais chasaneris, he lit the candles until the shalhevis overlap because he himself was a fire. He himself showed his children this is the way you're supposed to live your life. At the same time, it was Vayas Kain Aaron. He always made sure to, that it should remain within the parameters of Messiah. And I think to, in today's generation, that's something we really have to relate to. There's so many different things which are going on in our generation in the world of Avaida, and sometimes we think, oh, we have to have this new way of doing it, and I'm not here to criticize anything, just to always to keep in mind that whenever we're doing something, we always have to, to, to maintain the connection to the Messiah and to make sure that it doesn't go outside of the borders and the guidelines of the Messiah. And at the same time, at the same time every generation needs to have a newness. Like something I said over yesterday, today's music, it was an interview I heard from a famous... Um, radio show host and a, a Israeli Haredi person by the name of Menachem Tucker and he has radio programs and he interviewed him and one of the things they spoke about was that he had a meeting he was asked to go to Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinemann said he wants to meet with him and Rabbi Aaron Leib said to him I'm not here to tell you I just want to, I'm not here to tell you Musa I, I just want to know what do you teach what do you say over that the kids I see the kids are really drawn to you I want to know what that secret is 
And we told him the way he speaks and how he does it in a modern day way. Rabbi Leib said, Givaldic, continue your path because we need that today. We need to have the new music. We need to have the new nuances. But as long as it maintains itself and it continues with the Messiah of the Torah. This is the, this is the message of Vayaskin Iron. And I think that's also a great message after Shulis that we should keep in mind. We should be Vayaskin Iron, and at the same time, we have to be Valois Chasaneris, Achete Shalhevis, Oilamel. We have to do with a Bren. We have to uh, involve our children in the, in the station, see what Aravoda is, and then it becomes a great, great lesson for them. To, to, to relate to this in another word, I saw a Gavaldi Gemaiser that we know in Maron, the only Hadlaka this year was from the Biyana Rebbe. The Biyana Rebbe got it as a Masura from his Zaydi, his Zaydi, his Alta Zaydi, Rabbi Shleimim in Biyan, who bought the rights for the Hadlaka in Maron. And, uh, and, and he only came to Eretz twice in his life. Once was in 1949, and once was in 1960. And there he lit the candles, but that became the Masura for the Biyana Hasidim. And when he lit the candles, one of those lightings, he, he gave out a Hachraza. And he said, anyone that will say over a member from Rabshim Bayochai, I will give him a golden coin. So you know Yushalayim Yidin, they need money. So there's one Yushalayim Yidin says, I'll do it, but on one condition. The condition is you give me the coin first, and then I'll tell you over the member of Rabshim. So he gave him the coin, he followed his, his instructions, and immediately the Yushalayim Yidin called out. And he said, Rabshim says, a mimer chazal, kol shah kesef biyadai, and he went that the Kesef is in his hands, then his hands on top. Which really, that's a sugi negat to Chazakas and Tainas in Baba Metziah. But it basically means if you're holding the money, then you're really considered the Balabas. So he, that was a little joke that he said. He says, now my Kesef was on, I have the, it in my hands. And the Rebbe gave a big shmeichel. And the Rebbe said, but the real emissary Chasidah Shipshad is, anyone who is nichsaf to avodas Hashem? Anyone that has a kisufim, kisufim is a language of a longing, of a drive. I want to get closer to Hashem. Kol shakesef biyadai. Anyone that has this kayach of nichsaf, nichsaf nichsafti, person wants to get close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu as yada alayina. Then his input, that personal relationship, is going to remain with him. Yada alayina. His hands are going to be on top, and he's going to have hatslacha. And this is the message in the Midbar. After Kabbalah Satayra, we're Mamshech to Kabbalah Satayra, Aidei, the Bahalos Chasaneros. And we, we're not Mishana, we don't change the Messiah, Vayas Kain Aaron, but we have to make it new and we have to make it part of today's world at the same time. It should be with his Slavos. The Slavos should be that our Torah should be the Slavos, the learning of the Torah. There should be a new Knech, a new Chiddush that we can find be it in learning of Torah, being in Avodah and Mitzvahs, being making a good chalk for Shabbos, making things fun. And at the same time, we want to make sure that the children are going to continue the Messiah, Achetei Shalhevaz, I want to end off with a Maisa, which I saw, the Valdeke Maisa. And I think it relates to this point as well. This is a little bit of a, of a, of a backwards flip over here. Like it says, Sometimes we have to have the next generation is match to the parents to tshuva. There's an Avreich Talmud Chacham here in Eretz Yisrael who grew up, and today he's he grew up in a conservative home. He's about 
somewhat of a Baal Tshuva, maybe went to NCSY, not sure. Today he's a big time of already written this for him. And he grew up in a conservative home in Canada. And he had a Messiah. There was a Messiah in that family. Every Friday night they would go to the grandmother's house. They would drive, unfortunately, because that's the, what they did. They weren't religious. They weren't uh, religious in the sense of what we understand as religious. But they used to go there to have a Shabbos meal. They would make Kiddush. And then the grandmother would serve gefilte fish. And if it would be a yantif, they wouldn't only serve gefilte fish. Then they would serve picha, the cow's feet, which Hasidim like. And I, I'm not, I don't necessarily have the taste for that, but certain people like that type of food. And this was his Messiah. He didn't have much. And then eventually he was eventually able to come to Eretz Yisrael. He was the sky of the Yiddishkeit. Ended up learning in Yeshiva. Ended up married. <coughs> and he learned in Kailo. And became a Talmud Chacham. He became a Rosh Kailo. And the truth is, his parents, they remained the same. That was their Messiah. They didn't really have much. And there was some, always, he always felt, I really wish I could have a more of a spiritual dimension. He had a good relationship with his parents. But he wanted to have more of a spiritual dimension. And one year, his parents, his father and mother decided to come to visit them and they stayed in a fancy hotel in Yushalayim and they decided one day the, the son said let's go to the hotel we'll make an outing out of it and they decided to go to, go to a restaurant afterwards now it happened to be that the father of this Avreich he had a sister living in Canada who had some sort of very severe illness she was trying to get a, a um, appointment with a world renowned doctor and it seems the type of illness that you couldn't necessarily get. It was like a term, not a terminal illness, but it was a, a long protracted illness. And in order to get the appointment to the doctor, sometimes you had to wait for a year, sometimes even two years. And she had a hard time. She wasn't able to get the appointment. And it was like a year or two years away. She said, listen, you're going to be, go to the hotel. I want you to put in a piece of paper and ask God that he should intercede and I should get an appointment earlier with this doctor. So the father... Uh, the grandfather said, okay, he'll do it. They wrote a little note, and they went to the hotel, and uh, he put in the petek. And then an hour later, when they were sitting in the restaurant, he gets a phone call from the sister, and the sister calls him and says, oh, you don't have to put the paper in the hotel. She says, what do you mean, what do you mean I don't put the paper in the hotel? Yeah, I, read, I got a phone call. I remember that I have a friend of mine who's best friends with the secretary of this doctor, and I called her. All of a sudden, I remembered I had this friend. I called her, and she called the secretary. The secretary called right back. She said, there was just a uh, patient decided they're not going to come in, and you're going to have the first appointment with the doctor. You don't have to put the petek in. So the father said, you don't have to put the petek in. I just put the petek in. I already put it in an hour ago. And they worked out that at that moment, when he had put the petek in, all of a sudden, the thought came into her mind. She was able to get the appointment that she had been waiting for for such a long time. And the son, the Talmud Chacham said, this created a tremendous, tremendous impact on his father. His father said, this is really amazing. I really see the power of tefillah. And he said that the, the son had told him when they were going to the Kota, it's not the petek that we put in in order to have a relationship with Hashem. It's the tefillah. We dive into Hashem. We're putting in the petek and we dive into the Kodesh Baruch Hu, take that petek and he should uh, listen to our prayers. Rabbi Sai, ah, the week after the Yom Tevishuas, the week of Parshas Nasei for everyone. And as I saw of our Parshas Nasei, we see a lot of Medrashim. They said the reason why a lot of Medrashim is because there's a rebuy of Torah after Shavuos. 
So we have the Nasai, we have the Balaischa, we have the relationship between the Nasiim and the lighting of the Iron Hakayan. And we hope and we pray that we'll be able to lift up our families and our children with the Hislavas, keeping the Messiah, remembering that our Tfilist HaKadosh that's really what helps HaKadosh Baruch Hu send Rafuas and Yeshuas to everyone that needs it in Kla Yisrael, which we say to our good Shabbos and looking forward to hearing good things from each other. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.